Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the last Bob Pritchard Radio Show for 2014. Gee, this year's flown through, hasn't it? It's been so quick and uh, a fantastic year's ready for us next year. And we're the number one global business radio show for entrepreneurs and we're going to get bigger and better with a whole bunch of surprises and a lot of changes in 2015. As you know, this program's all about helping entrepreneurs to become successful and Everything suggests that 2015 is going to be a bumper year. U.S. economy is growing at 5%. People are optimistic. And so if you're in business or you're starting a business, this is the, absolutely the right time to become an entrepreneur. You know, you've often heard me say that um, there's no right time to be an entrepreneur. Become an entrepreneur when you... Um, want to become one, but uh, if you want to become an entrepreneur when the economy and everything's on an upswing, this is the time to do it. And we're going to continue to bring you good advice and lots more great interviews through 2015 to help you maximize your success. Now, I'm still getting some flack from my comments a couple of weeks ago about the NRA being against smart guns connected to smart watches. You know, this pre- prevents the guns from firing by anybody except the owner. But uh, the NRA is a ginnet, and a couple of weeks ago I said that the reason they're a ginnet is because most NRA members are not smart enough to read a watch. So the um, abuse keeps coming, but I guess eventually they'll get over it. So the Americans are closing out 214 on a very optimistic note, according to the new Associated Press Times Square Alliance poll. Almost half think that 2015 will be a better year, while only 10% think it'll be worse. Now, that's a big change in the polls from even 12 months ago. And so... It'll be reflected in in consumer spending, and that is reflected in the growth of the economy. And so that's one of the, or a couple of the reasons why I think 2015 will be fantastic. I don't know what you're planning to do for New Year's Eve. Um, I'm going to sit back and watch some fireworks and then uh, watch the ball drop from Times Square. But... uh, Almost 50% of Americans plan to celebrate New Year's Eve at home and uh, fewer, one in 10, plan to celebrate at an organised event. And 25% don't plan to celebrate at all. They couldn't give a fig. That's okay. 60% of Americans will do what I'm going to do and watch um, televised New Year's Eve events in um, activities in Times Square with two-thirds of women and about half the men out there going to watch it. And uh, I've never made it to a New Year's Eve event in Times Square. 
I'd love to go, but um, I think it would be fantastic, a bit claustrophobic perhaps. So I'm going to sit back and watch Anderson Cooper and Kathy Griffin on CNN. I watched it for the first time last year and it was great fun. And the great, the best thing is you don't have to travel home afterwards. You have a few drinks and uh, just fall straight into bed. How good is that? But no matter what you do tomorrow night, I hope you have a fantastic time with your loved ones and uh, don't drink too much. Don't drive and drink and uh, leave your gun at home (laughs) and stay safe. They're the most important things. Also this week, um, after making the lousy decision not to screen the interview, Sony announced Sunday night that it was downloading or renting online and uh, that happened more than 2 million times, generating over $15 million in sales on YouTube, Google Play, Xbox Video and Sony's own site, seetheinterview.com. And then Apple made the movie available um, on iTunes on Sunday. So $15 million, that's not bad, over the four days. The movie was also shown in a little over 300 independent movie theatres in the US and has generated about $3 million in estimated sales at the box office. So that's about $20 million bucks in four days. Not a bad start, but there's always a but, isn't there? That doesn't mean that this movie is a success. The story is that it cost between pro- producing the movie and advertising, it cost about $100 million. Now, they could have saved some of that. <laughs> Marketing costs, as it turned out, couldn't they? But um, that means if, they, uh, if it costs 100 that means they have to gross about $250 million to break even, well, probably not that much with the with the um, online, but somewhere around there. And uh, I can't see that happening, but I wish them a lot of luck. So, in addition to the strong turnout for its limited theatrical release, the interview already ranks as Sony Pictures' number one online film of all time in just four days. So I'm hoping everybody goes out and sees it and supports freedom of speech, freedom of expression, and gives some confidence to these um, giant corporations who took the cowardly way out this first time. About a year ago, or maybe a bit more, we were all talking about Bitcoin and will it revolutionise the world and what a fantastic thing it was. Well... 2014 was a pretty lousy year for several currencies. As you probably know, it's been a bad year for the Russian ruble. In fact, it's now called the Russian rubble. But it's also been a catastrophically disastrous year for Bitcoin. Bitcoin second only to gold when it comes to endless promotion by its purveyors. They just keep flogging it everywhere, don't they? They pop up, there's a million sites, there's blogs, there's all sorts of stuff all the time. But relentless promotion can't hide the fact that Bitcoin peaked at $1,130. I guess that was late in um, 
2013, I suppose, and uh, it plunged more than 56% in 2014, making it the world's worst performing currency. But in a current value of around $326, it's not dead, but it may well be mortally wounded. And you may not know, but um, Charlie Shrem, Charlie Shrem, <laughs> one of the digital currencies, She's most vocal supporters and uh, vice chairman of the Bitcoin Foundation and the chief executive of an exchange called BitInstant. Well, he was sentenced to two years in prison for illegal money transfers. And I guess that doesn't help. So what are the, what are the lessons that we can learn from these currency losers of 2014? Well... From the Russians, I guess you can believe that, um, take away that being at war is not a good thing. Whether you're fighting the world's financial authorities or engaged in a guerrilla skirmish with a neighbour and, and having sanctions and everything else put on you, well, that ain't good, obviously. And uh, Bitcoin's trying to get to be recognised. And it's um, all its supporters seem to be hackers whose resources depend upon the Ponzi scheme nature of Bitcoin. So I don't think the year's going to be very good for Bitcoin next year. And I think it'll probably be even worse for the Russian ruble or the Russian rubble. I love that name. It's great. Now, if you've been living in Manhattan... You might think that the world operates differently there than in the rest of America and the rest of the world. Well, in fact, it does. For years, the delivery economy has been part of people's daily life where um, food and laundry and groceries and all sorts of other items were part of what could be called the uh, delivery economy. So while the rest of the world's only had, what have we had? We've got um, Domino's Pizza. Um, FTD flowers, and of course, next day delivery from FedEx and UPS. And in California, Golden State overnight. The idea of same-day on-demand delivery has been more of an aberration than a sign of things to come, but that's changing, and in a big way. In many parts of the country, there are companies like Grubhub, Delivery Room, Doorstep Delivery, and uh, in Southern California, the Bay Area in Seattle, there's now Amazon Fresh. And in New York City, Amazon's even offering a two-hour or even a one-hour delivery with Prime now with thousands of items to choose from to bring you what you want pretty much any time you want it. And more and more companies are utilising services like Uber to get immediate delivery. I mean, Uber's perfect because um, they haven't got a fare. They're sitting empty and um, <clears throat> they're scooting all over the city. They're very close to pretty much anybody who wants to deliver anything. And uh, it's excellent. This, this means that anybody can be back in the delivery business pretty quickly. There was once a time when everything was delivered. You know, you could get delivery on everything. The pharmacy delivered. Um, everybody delivered. And now we're going to find that um, 
we're going to get delivery again and services like Uber and Lyft will find that an empty car doesn't necessarily have to mean no revenue. Instead, they'll see an opportunity in delivering the goods, not only just people, and it's easy. You don't have to talk to them. (laughs) And as the work-at-home economy changes, not only where we work but the way we work, um, it can just get everything delivered in and you don't have to go out anywhere. You just have it delivered to whatever location you want. No running around to assemble materials. Instead, you just order and deliver. And it's cheap. So this is the beginning of a, an incredible new era of doing business. So between um, you know this instant delivery business and um, the shared economy, Things are going to change dramatically. Now, speaking about dramatic change, um, Googly officially became a car company last week. The first prototypes of its kind of cute, I don't know whether I like it or not, and potentially groundbreaking self-driving cars started rolling off the assembly line. And uh, over the next few years, we're likely to see them all over Californian highways as Google tries to make fully autonomous cars a reality. I think it's going to happen, only a matter of time, but it may take us a little longer than than we'd like to think, but it's going to happen. Now, if Google can develop a suite of software applications that will improve safety and enable people in cars to do things that focus on whatever you want to do rather than concentrating on driving you know when you're in a car if you're the if you're the driver you've got to concentrate a hundred percent of the time on driving great thing with google cars is you do just about anything else and um as we saw the recent los angeles motor show all of the automakers are pursuing their own self-driving technology and all sorts of other technology for cars but google's up the ante by building a whole new platform to integrate and advance self-driving cars. The Google car looks like the product of a technology company, doesn't it? I mean, it doesn't look like a car. Its entire uh, physical premise is fundamentally no driver required. This is utterly new because all cars before have been built around the driver. You think about it. All cars are built around the driver except the Google car. It's built around computer programming. So the bottom line is that the uh, traditional auto industry should be afraid, very afraid. And I'll tell you why. Firstly, the Google car is a software platform. The model car is much more like a rolling computer than a traditional car. But its legacy also means that it's got a very heavy engine and a large piece of industrial design and it's got to be built so that it protects two to seven people and achieves speeds of over 100 miles an hour and can interact with other cars. You know, as a result, cars can be updated in all sorts of ways only ever four or five years. The infrastructure cost is so high that it takes you a long time to change your vehicle. 
But um, software, by contrast, can be updated by the minute. And Google's constantly updating its applications and doing it invisibly. So the Google car will never be out of date in terms of its brain. If something goes wrong now, they'll change it now. And secondly, the Google car won't need to go fast. The, it isn't made to operate at high speed. It tops out, the current one tops out at 25 miles an hour, which allows for a very simple design. Now, I'm not saying that people are going to put up with a car that does 25 miles an hour. I couldn't for a start. I would go stark raving fucking mad. But as the technology advances, the car will go faster. They can make it bigger, etc., etc. Um I mean, there's not really no reason for cars to do um, highway speeds well in excess of speed limits. If self-driving cars could just maintain steady highway speeds of 60 to 70 miles an hour and avoid traffic snarls, that improve traffic times, uh, improve the traffic and improve travel times. That'd be a good thing. Now, thirdly, the Google car is uncomplicated. It's a modest electric vehicle. It'll have no controls for the driver. Electric motors are simple. They don't require much maintenance. It won't need big brakes. It's designed for a world where people don't own their own cars. So what maintenance is required can either be carried out of the very central location or they can fix it themselves online. So they're going to be very unreliable and um, it'll be a platform built by a Silicon Valley technology company. That's the car of the future. And this program, all year we saluted entrepreneurs and usually they're the young, dynamic, fantastic, still at high school, just entered university, young, hotshot entrepreneurs. But this time we've saluting 71-year-old Len Smith of Yorkshire, England, who's maintained a full-time freelance copying business for about 30 years. And uh, Len decided at 71 to put together an online course when he fell ill and he went through a period where he could do very little writing and working. And so he put together a course and suddenly he had money come in from Udemy. So he decided to run in to run down his full-time job and focus on the online courses. He wrote a handful of courses on topics including copywriting, SEO, punctuation and conducting presentations. Now, I could do that. And money began rolling in and he was doing absolutely nothing whatsoever. Then he realised what a fantastic opportunity it was so he started putting some effort into marketing these courses then he sent an email to his existing students, alerting him, them to his other Udemy courses, and all of a sudden his income skyrocketed. Overall, his courses have reached nearly 30,000 individual students. That's pretty cool. When he's creating a course, he estimates that he spends 30 to 4 hours a week. Once it's created, he just spends a few hours. So it just goes to show you, you can be an entrepreneur at any age. Good on you, Len. 71, great age to be an entrepreneur. Now, you're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business. We're here to assist entrepreneurs to become successful. 
So if you've got a question about any aspect of business, please don't hesitate to email me at bob at bobpritchard.com and we will answer it on air or email you directly. And make sure you subscribe to my monthly newsletter, which is sent out to over 16,000 business executives in over 60 countries every month. The next one will be out probably about two weeks' time. So go to the website, bobpritchard.com, and sign up now. You're listening to Voice America Business, and I'll be back after this break with a replay of one of the most popular of the nearly 200 interviews we've done over the last three and a half years, Scott Page who was an entrepreneur for formed Walt Tucker Productions. He co-founded 7th Level Inc. And then New Media Broadcasting Company, which is a social media and collaborative communication enterprise. Oh, I forgot something. Incidentally, Scott Page is most recognised for being a member of Pink Floyd, Supertramp and Toto, three of the biggest bands in the history of music. Wow. He's a good guy too, really good guy. This is Bob Pritchard, live from Los Angeles, and I'll be back with Scott in just a moment. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. And this is the segment of the show where we talk to people who have achieved great success, people that are making a real difference in the world, and we try to find out what it is that makes them tick. Now, this this program's all about assisting entrepreneurs to learn from successful people and emulate these success stories. You know, we're all the masters of our own destiny, and I believe that most of us can be almost anything we want to be, and usually the only thing that's stopping us is that person that looks back in the mirror at us every day. To be an entrepreneur, irrespective of what business you're in, it takes guts and the willingness to really push the envelope. Now, my guest today has done exactly that. How would you like to have a resume that describes you as a technologist, an entrepreneur, a musician, and a songwriter? As an entrepreneur, he formed Walt Tucker Productions, an audio-video 
post-production company, formed that in 1987. 1992, he co-founded Seventh Level, which is a CD-ROM game and educational software company. Later, co-founded New Media Broadcasting Company, a social media and collaborative communications enterprise. Now he's the CEO, the co-founder and CEO of Direct to Care, which is an online management company for healthcare. That's a pretty good lineup. Stop there. My guest received several acknowledgements and awards for his technology company's achievements. Named as one of the 50 pioneers of multimedia, he's been a guest lecturer and panellist at numerous conferences and university symposia. His industry acknowledgements include being named one of the top 100 multimedia producers by Multimedia Magazine, one of the 100 coolest people in Los Angeles, now that's that's a title I could go for, I'd like that one, (laughs) by Buzz Magazine, and one of 50 new media innovators profiled in Pioneer Electronics Multimedia Frontier. Oh, I forgot something. Scott Page is most recognised for being a member of Pink Floyd, Supertramp and Toto, three of the biggest bands in the history of music. Now, this is a boy that's really got off his ass and achieved something. However, in my mind, Scott um, has even one much more important credit in his resume. That is of a tireless worker for a range of charities. He's raised millions of dollars, and uh, that's something that is to be admired in entrepreneurs. If more people emulated Scott, the world would be one hell of a lot better place. Not only that, he's a good bloke. Hi, mate. How are you? Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Well, thank you very much, and actually, I want to know that guy you just talked about. Holy cow, I can't believe it. He's pretty cool. He is really cool. (laughs) <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. It's funny, all this time's gone by, and now I'm on the other end. I remember always thinking about talking about, you know, guys that were that were my heroes and, my you know, with these great track records, and, boy, I blinked, and now at least, I'm old, dude. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I, I know the feeling, old. mate. But a hundred <laughs> coolest people in Los Angeles, I think that's a, uh, that, that, that that's the accolade you want. <laughs> uh, it was great. Yeah, that was pretty funny. It was uh, actually pretty exciting. And, you know, it's a wonderful actual title. I'm very thankful to have gotten that because that's actually one of the things that I think is so important in business is, you know, being able to get along with people and, sure. you know, it's such a core aspect. It's all based on relationships, right? Absolutely. Now, yeah. it's, yep. a, it's a hell of a long way from appearing on the Lawrence Welk show in the ABC in the <laughs> 50s when you were a little kid to direct to care. Um, it's yeah. a social a social network which provides outpatient healthcare advice. Um, at seventh level, you created a series of educational programs, and you've raised mm-hmm. millions of dollars for charity. So you're obviously a socially conscious person. But did you deliberately set out to create technology companies that do good, or do you do good simply because those companies became successful? Huh. Interesting question. No, it wasn't really thought. I didn't go into it from the point of view of I'm going to try to build a socially conscious uh, business or anything like that. It was mostly just, you know, just I'm just a big believer. The more you give, the more you get, and uh, it's just it's amazing. You just sort of threw the 
through being out there in the world, you stumble along with, you stumble, you meet different people, uh, and these opportunities come up and, you know, it's always fun to get involved with those types of things because there's such a great spirit and passion that goes along with those kinds of organizations. And, you know, it's just very, it's very rewarding. So we try to, uh, you know, be involved in as many as we possibly can. Few people do that though. So where does, where does this commitment to the community come from? Uh, well, you know, I guess it's, you know, my, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much into a lot of the spiritual teachings and, you know, I spend a lot of time thinking about that and meditating yeah. and it just seems like it's, it's just kind of, you know, it's involved in intertwined right in our DNA, I think, when you start looking at that. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, I think it's just an important thing to uh, get involved. You know, I think one of the main things that happens is a lot of times people get involved and it's just still okay. It's based on their ego. You know, yeah, they sure. do it because it makes them feel good, uh, which is definitely a great part of it. But at the end of the day, you know, if you're really giving, uh, it really pays off. It really helps in your business too. I mean, it's, again, like I said, it's you, the more you give, the more you get. And it's just, it's a win-win for everybody. I think that's absolutely true. You know, it's the more you give back, the more people, you know, it improves your brand equity, for want of a better word. I mean, people actually like you and admire you as a person, and that's got to be great for business. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, remember, the whole game of business is really based on relationships. And that's what's so interesting about the whole social world, the ability now for virtually anybody to have the opportunity to build relationships with people. I mean, that's what just blows my mind is how, you know, I've made friends with people now in targeted areas using the, you know, using the internet, haven't even met some of these people, but you know, they're there for you and they can really help you. And I mean, it's incredible, the education, the knowledge, if you really start to get the hang of search and how social works and, you know, how to communicate and collaborate with people online. It's a, it's an incredible time. I mean, yeah. it really is for the entrepreneur. It's the greatest time in history. I, I keep t- saying, cause right now I'm really kind of helping and focusing on a couple areas, uh, with artists cause I'm kind of going back into the music side of things cause it's, right. you know, taking some of my knowledge from that and going back in there. But this is like a, I explained to them the greatest time in history for the independent artists. Especially yeah. to make money. I mean, the, but the big issue they have is they just don't really know how to engage yet or how to really kind of turn those fans into super fans and kind of build those relationships. You know? that, that's a weakness across most business. I've just given a speech about um, um, the likely changes in the, over the next 10 years in business and uh, um, people were just sitting there sort of dumbfounded. They think that it's going to continue. The, you know, they're still out there buying double-page newspaper ads and, and, and radio. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I, believe, I can't believe it. I, I can't believe it either. I just don't get it. Anyway, when you were young, you had three mm-hmm. goals. One yep. to be a muso, one to own a yep. business, and the third one to produce documentaries. Now, when you played yeah. Pink Floyd on the road, you'd sit there and read business books, which is yep. not what most people would expect from a rock star. I mean, it's hardly <laughs> drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Do you want to come and come to this party no I think I'll read think and grow rich (laughs) at that stage had you formulated in your mind what sort of business you wanted to go into or did you simply want to have the skills that so that when the time was right you had the skills to make a success of it uh well let's let's see during that time I was really, more, I was actually interested in the production side of business. So I was out with Floyd and started a production company, which was Walt Tucker yeah. at the time. And um, during that time, I was really trying to just take the opportunity with all the 
free time we have on the road to really educate myself. You know, when I got, when I took the, when I take a gig, when I went on the road, because we were on the road with Pink Floyd, that was an 18 month tour. Sure. So I'm, you're going to be gone for quite a while. So I knew the day that I started, the most important thing was, is now I have a year and a half to figure out what I'm going to do the day after it's over. Because <laughs> um, so, it comes quick. It's like you blink and boop, oh, that was a fast year and a half. It does come um, quick. So, so I really tried to take the opportunity to really kind of educate myself in the business world because I'd started that and I was always fascinated with the idea of business. My dad being a serial entrepreneur through the years, I'd grown up with him. He'd started a whole bunch of different businesses. And so I kind of got the, got hooked on that aspect through him. Um, but uh, it wasn't really, at that time I was, again, I was really more interested in the, in the, in the uh, production and um, kind of uh, media business at the time. And, and actually, when I came back after doing that first tour on the road, uh, when we had a break, I ended up going to Comdex, which was a you know big trade show that was going on in Las Vegas, technology show. And I basically saw my future at that time, which is where I was sitting across the, the room, actually uh, promoting a CD-ROM that I'd worked on. And I saw a... Um, up on the screen, this thing from across the room went over, and it was a it was a thing called the Living Book. It was one of the first. It was called Grandma on Me, a kids' right. educational title. Yeah. And once I saw that and saw actually multimedia starting to happen on the computer, that's when I really tailored my my thinking about jumping into the cyber scene. And I really focused a lot in that area. And what was great was, is obviously being with Pink Floyd, it was always a great icebreaker. And I was able to really, you know, friend a whole bunch of these cyberpunks, you know, these guys and hanging out in their garages and, you know, writing code and, you know, doing the digital beans up in San Francisco and really hanging in that community. It was actually interesting because it was myself and Todd Rundgren and then uh, Thomas Dolby came in a little bit later on. We were kind of the, really the first, music guys kind of into that whole area. But when I saw that, I, I saw my future, and then I saw that the real game was getting into technology, and that's when I met my partner, uh, business partner, a guy by the name of George Grayson, yeah. who was actually running the 20th largest software company in the United States at the time. And I pounded him every day to say, dude, let's go. This multimedia thing, let's go, let's go. Next thing I know, I um, brought Bob Ezrin in, who was, uh, you know, he produced all the Pink Floyd records, and, you know, he's major, major producer, Kiss, and all the big records, and Alice Cooper. Bob uh, was asking me, he's read an article about uh, the show that I was putting on in Vegas for Comdex, and called me up, and the next thing I know, Bob's my partner, and we're in it, and we're going after it, and that's when I really started to focus on the whole technology side of things. So it's, it's got to be a help when you're talking to tech guys and they're sitting there um, eating bags of chips and drinking Coke and listening to Pink Floyd music. It's got to be a help. <laughs> it does help. There's no question. <laughs> There's no question. I'm very, very thankful to have, have been able to, uh, you know, be able to absorb a little piece of that brand, you know. Well, now, with all the emphasis at the moment on healthcare, how does mm-hmm. direct-to-care fit into the overall healthcare landscape? How do you how do you see that? Well, I, well, actually, this is a little bit, I've got to update. What we've done is we were, we were basically, direct-to-care was really focused on uh, presence management for healthcare yep. professionals. And we actually saw the opportunity that, you know, what we were doing in the healthcare space is not just for doctors and those kind of guys, but actually into, you know, all types of business. So we've expanded what we were doing, and we've actually creating right now the online presence index. Right, and so we've actually have now switching the brand to the getyouropi.com, which will be launching in about oh, probably hopefully another month or so, 
uh, which is really about focusing on managing online presence for, uh, you know, for anybody, which is, you know, it's important because Absolutely. that's your new, uh, your new, your new resume. Oh. So what we, so what we've done is we basically bring in a lot of data into a dashboard so they can really get a feel for what's going on online and it's mapped to this index so you can see how you're doing, how your competition is doing and for who else. And, you know, just really it's about authority and managing your online presence, you know, across that's, the board, not just social influence. That's fantastic. That's, that's really yeah. important. I've got a couple of clients and one of the most difficult things is um, just trying to keep a handle on everything that's out there and, and get the feedback. And it's, it's really difficult at the moment. Yep. So... Does Scott Page sort of have all these multiple personalities? You know, on one hand, you obviously love being a super group out in front of a hundred thousand people, and yet you love to play, or love to play incognito in small clubs. That seems to be kind of weird. Um, and then you've created a succession of successful technology businesses, yet you um, work tirelessly to help people who are less privileged. I, I mean, it just seems that. You've done all of these things unbelievably well. Wow. But are you a musician, a businessman, a philanthropist? I mean, which one are you and which one would uh, you like on your tombstone? I'm not wishing you, you know, any luck. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there soon enough. <laughs> um, you know, gosh, you know, it's all pretty much the same to me. I mean, it's, again, it's, you know, building businesses and building relationships. It's all about the ride, you know, and I love, look at, I love music. I'm actually now really getting back into the music side of things on the, on the, uh, uh, documentary side of my second piece. What I've done is I've actually collected for the past uh, 52, I hate to say years, all the, um, all these archives, I shot about 150, 60 hours of Pink Floyd video, tens of thousands of photographs of tours and all that stuff. So now I'm in the midst of compiling all of that and getting ready to put a bunch of that out online, uh, which is so that's going to sort of solve the documentary side. So the question is, what is it? I, it's just, it's all of them. The music to me is, is, is much as important as the business side because they really do go hand in hand. When you really start thinking from a business point of view, it's uh, from an artist's point of view, View you have to be a businessman. Uh, from a businessman point of view, you have to figure out how to how to create, whether it's you or somebody else creating something of value. So I mean, they really all intertwine. So you know, I'm, I'm just happy with the, hey that guy that you know played the saxophone and got some code written. <laughs> I guess that's what we'll go on. <laughs> <laughs> the um, yeah, it's it's very important these days because it doesn't matter what business you're in, you need mm -hmm. to be a good business person. It's one thing to yeah. be a visionary and and be creative but you've got to make those things work and there's lots of you know everybody's got an idea but very few people actually make them successful yeah it's not an easy thing and I, you know it's it's definitely you have to work and that's one thing i tell all the artists that i'm working with right now you know it's like it's the greatest time in history for you to create a business uh you know i don't have to tell you you know the online world is opening incredible opportunities and sure. to bypass you know, all third parties, you don't really need a record label anymore. What you need is an audience, and whoever owns the audience wins. That's right. So it's, it's how do you engage that audience? How do you uh, uh, create, when, you know, I, I kind of follow the Kevin Kelly model of a thousand true fans. Yeah. You know, yeah. the idea of a true fan, somebody that spends $100 sure. a year on you, you know, you got a thousand, you got a hundred grand. So if the artist That's starts... That's the Lady Gaga model too. She's been enormously successful with her points of focus that she's done. Enormous. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So it's a real interesting time. And, you know, business is such an important part, and especially in the artist world where these guys are terrible businessmen for the yeah. most part. Yeah. And they don't realize how, that first of all, they're terrible marketers and they're terrible business people, yet in the world where they sit right now, they have one of the most important tools is, you know, it's all about content marketing and how to create relationships using your content. They create content, which is always the hardest part to do, right? So they've got a big piece of it solved. It's really just learning these other aspects. So, you know, that's the area I'm focused on is really trying to help artists figure out, take it from a business point of view. Is it a hobby or is it going to be a business? That's my first question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, what is interesting is that the changes are so tremendous now that you've got, um, for example, Breaking Bad rated, uh, pulled in 10.3 million listeners, and yet you have um, Nice Peter on um, YouTube who can get 80 million people viewing his his, um, video. So... You know, it's a whole different ball game now. You've got you've got Yahoo setting up studios and Apple setting up studios and everybody setting up studios that that give everybody, no matter what you do, just an incredible entree into this whole new world of reaching the people right where they live, one on one, without going through anybody else. Yeah, incredible. I mean, that that is such a fundamental change in the way everything's being done. I mean, the opportunities for those that seize it right now are just yep. incredible. No, I agree. I mean, yeah, you know, you're seeing it. You know, I always use the example, which we, you know, both of us, we hang out with Ken, Ken Murkowski and his metal yep. group. Uh, I don't know if you saw the time when Aaron Ray came over there from um, the collective and, you yep. know, he handled all those things like the angry orange and all that. Yeah, that when was, I, that you was brilliant. The, yeah, when you hear that the ang- not the angry orange, the annoying orange, annoying orange which costs yeah. between two hundred to five hundred dollars per episode, is a, a, this year will become a billion dollar property. Yeah, and that was that was launched off of YouTube, right? So the model has definitely shifted, and if you build audience, you're, you're the you know the world is your oyster. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You basically can clean up, so that's the game. That was, time. that was an absolutely jaw-dropping presentation, I reckon. It was fantastic. Yeah. I, I, I had no idea. I mean, you know, you're talking about most people think about um, a um, an impact bringing you in a dollar, and he's talking about multiples of $30, and you sit there and think, how the hell do they do that? But, um, but you can. Once you, once you understand yeah. the business, you really can. Yeah. So the... Yeah. the the third item on your list of desires when you were young was to create documentaries. Now, yeah. where, where are you with that? You mentioned that you've got... Yeah. yeah, so I've been collecting and, you know, kind of pulling all the pieces together for years, and it's actually kind of fun that what I'm doing is I've been pushing this stuff into a closet and, a, and into a storage bin for, <laughs> you know, like I said, more than 50 years, and I never looked at any of it. Yeah. You know, it's sort of just collecting. I'm a major collector, so I've been collecting, collecting, and collecting, and shooting video, and taking photos, and, you know, that's what I did on my tours, and while I was out all this time, and so I'm having fun right now, where we've been digitizing everything, and uh, it's actually blowing my mind to go back and see some of this stuff, so what I'm doing is, is I'm actually, instead of, like, trying to edit all this footage, and do all of that, I'm actually taking an approach which is a little different. Since I haven't seen it, I'm going to take my viewers along with it at the same time. So oh, cool. I, get my vi- I get my video camera out and yep. I say, okay, where are we going today? Let's see. We're going to go to uh, Pink Floyd in Venice. Okay, boom. I pull it up and I say, okay, here's what's happening. So I, I say, hold on. I throw the thing on. I throw the, 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 the file up. 
I started, when I find something really cool, I turn the camera back on and go, here, this will kill you. Check this out. Boom. And I just shooting the video screen. Right. Of the actual moment, and actually commentating on top of it, putting some you know some verbiage over the top. So it's actually kind of fascinating because it's my first time seeing the footage and this stuff at the same time as everybody else. So it's actually interesting to go back and go through all this. So you know that's what I'm doing, just kind of compiling all this stuff and things that I put together through the years to now take and uh, you know put it all together and get it out there and let people see some of the fun times we had in the days on the road and you know some really interesting points of view because obviously when you're inside with these bands and with these artists um you get a different point of view than you do sure. when you're out and from the audience point of view so sure. i think they'll be fascinated to see some of this stuff i spoke to a guy on the show last week um from a company called show dog who which mm-hmm. enables you to pull any material from anywhere and then pull it down onto a multiple of screens um, it's very clever. I will, I'll send you and him, um, and contact each other because that might be a great tool for you to facilitate mm. what you're doing. It's very clever. So, mm. you, you've been able to achieve fantastic success both as a musician and a businessman. Now, we've got a very large audience of entrepreneurs on this program, entrepreneurs and, and executives of companies. In your opinion, what are the key traits that are required to become successful, irrespective of whether it's music or business or whatever the hell it is? What are the, what are the major traits that you need to have? You know, I think obviously the one that everybody says, you have to have a passion. You know, for me, it's always been difficult to try to get involved in something that I wasn't really passionate about because the hard part is keeping the drive going. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a lot of times you can get all excited about a business opportunity because you look at the dollars and everything. But then at the end of the day, you go, is that really something I want to do every day? Yeah. And if it's not, if it's not, you know, the chances are you'll, you'll drop out. You know, because it just does it. It's very difficult to keep it going. So obviously, passion is really important. Um, I think you know, building relationships is another really, really key thing. I always talk about influencing the influencers. Yep. That's really the model. I think a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs and things try to shoot. You know, take a the shotgun approach. Yep. And I try to yep. take a more of a like, okay, who are the people that can really inf- help me move my what my vision is, and who are they? And focus on trying to meet them and build a relationship with them. And um, I you know, think that's once you a get fantastic those, piece of advice. That's a great piece of advice. Yeah, because yeah, I mean that's the beauty of going out and uh, you know, especially today with search. You know, and I yeah. talk to people about Twitter search being one of the greatest business tools on the planet. You know, people are their their eyes roll out. What do you mean? <laughs> you know, yeah. and you know the ability to find audience, meet people, find people. I mean, you know, for me, I've been really focusing like over the last three, four years on really the whole content marketing and really trying to understand the new marketing and business models that are happening online. And through that, because I can target, I've met incredible people and found some great folks and stuff that build where they're the influencers and they're so helpful in helping you move your business forward. So I think that's a big one, is influencing influencers. Determine where you want to go, who's going to help you the most, where it is, and work on building those relations, figuring out how to meet those people and moving yourself through the process. Uh, There's actually a thing by uh, Stephen Mead, who is another metal. I love Stephen Mead. Stephen, and I don't know if you saw his tornado principle. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, I have. It's a... That's a fascinating thing, and I think everybody should go out, if you're serious, you should go on YouTube, 
Luke receiving me and this tornado principle. Just check yeah. that out. I mean, it's very simple, but it it's is. like it's almost like the aha moment. You kind of go, oh, geez, I've been doing this wrong all this time. And it's really about how to find focus and figure out how to move your what you're trying to move forward in the most efficient way by, you know, finding the right people, asking the right questions. So that's a really good, that's a good one. So definitely go check out Stephen Mead on YouTube, The Tornado Principle. I think it's a tornado. Is it principle? I can't remember that. Yeah, and, and the last okay. one, of course, I guess, is perseverance. So many people give up. Oh, yeah, you can't. I mean, that's, that's the really interesting thing is, you know, staying on it is... <laughs> That's half the battle. But what I would say, too, probably one of the more important things, because I've been there, I'm telling you right now, I was so passionate about something, and I worked and worked, didn't give up, didn't give up, didn't give up. I didn't know when to give up. Yeah. That's, a good that's another one, is when to, when to fold. Yep. You know, if things aren't getting to place, I mean, that's a very touchy thing, because you want to be persistent about, you know, keeping that thing going and never giving up. But, but at the same time... You can get killed by hanging on too long to an idea that just doesn't have legs, even though you may think it does. Yep. And is it possible? So it's a, that's a that's a tough one. Yeah, keeping the perseverance and being you know having the stamina to go the extra mile, but at the same time being smart enough to know when to call call it quits. Because I can tell you, I've done that, and it's very painful. <laughs> <laughs> it's very painful because you becomes your baby, and you're so entwined and you love it so much you feel like it's got so much traction it's got the possibilities but then you can just after a while you just start seeing that you know it's just not getting the traction couple of simple questions to finish up okay who's your favorite all-time band oh gosh that's a really that one goes crazy i mean i can tell you that there's i've been listening to five records now for like 25 years and i listen to them over and over again yeah so it's the same ones, same guys. Those records get better and better every year. But I'm, you know, I'm a big Stevie Wonder fan. The old, the old school Stevie yep. days. I just love him. You know, yeah. Um, you know, I, I listen to those greatest hits records. Junior Walker is one of my all time greatest favorite okay. saxophone players on yep. the entire planet. A very unique. Uh, I love Nat King Cole. Is another okay. one that's great. Get, everybody, go get Nat King Cole live at the Sands. I guarantee yeah, you, it's fantastic. I agree. Fantastic record. You know, obviously there's West Montgomery. I mean, there's a, there's so many different guys that I really really love. And you know, from bands, I'm I'm obviously I love Pink Floyd mostly because I'm so I, I can't believe the the power of that brand and what it's all about. But I agree. You know, there's there's just you know that's a really tough question because I listen. To you know, I'm so into the music scene. They're just different guys for different things. And a lot of the things that I listen to are probably so obscure to people like Lenny Bro. I don't know most people have never heard of Lenny Bro. Probably the greatest guitar player that ever lived. Uh, go check him out on YouTube. That's B-R-E-A-U. Uh, uh, Lenny Bro. Okay, all-time uh, favorite song. My all-time favorite song? Um, I think it's... Uh, um, my all-time would be... Uh, uh, oh gosh! Well, it's, it's, it's actually a, a great, uh, amazing grace. Amazing grace! <laughs> I heard a thought. I love, <laughs> I love that tune. I, I really love all those old traditional kind of tunes. Yeah, I love the way the chords, the changes. I just really enjoy a lot of that stuff. So those are some, you know, there's a bunch of them. But you know, those are the kinds of tunes I like. Scott Page, you are a great entrepreneur. You're a legend. You're an inspiration to any person seeking success in business. You are also a fucking great musician. And I hope I see you again at Metal sometime soon. 
This is Bob Absolutely. Pritchard. Thank you. This is Bob Pritchard, and you're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice hey, America hey. Business. And I'll be back with you in just a moment. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you are listening to the bob pritchard radio show to connect with bob please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com that's bob at bobpritchard.com now back to the show Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking. Absolutely no bullshit here. It's the business show coming to you this week from my hometown of Los Angeles. And uh, I hope you're all preparing for a fantastic New Year's Eve and a great New Year. As I mentioned earlier, I think 2015 is going to be a sensational year. So um, if you're working for somebody now, and you wake up in the morning and you think, oh, boy, I wish I worked for myself. But you don't quite have enough guts to do it. Well, now's the time to take a deep breath and take a shot because uh, I think the next 12 months for entrepreneurs is going to be fantastic. And uh, very satisfying being an entrepreneur. It's hard work. And uh, you'll work harder than you ever thought you had to. And, uh, but it's so satisfying to be working for yourself and and achieving. Now, this is the segment of the show where we bring you emails from our listeners all around the world. Um, and it's incredible that despite the different cultures, all the emails are applicable. And I mention often I'm a speaker and I speak all over the planet. And it doesn't matter whether I'm speaking in Moscow or speaking in Abu Dhabi or speaking in Sydney or speaking in Los Angeles. Um, the questions you get asked in question time are all exactly the same because everybody around the world, no matter what or where they are, all face the same issues. And my first email today is from Mike Russell from Salem, Oregon. Mike writes, Dear Bob, thank you for a great show. I listen every week and particularly enjoy your interviews. You always seem to have fun with your guests. Yeah, I do because I know a lot of them and... Um, it's always easy to talk to friends. Uh, it's very difficult to continually attract new customers, and it seems that most of my time seems to be spent on marketing. Do you have any suggestions to make this role easier and less time-consuming? Oh, Mike, thanks for your email. But um, marketing to get people through the doors and then sales to sell them something and then ideally upsell them and have them leave thrilled so that they will not only come back again, will also tell their friends and spread the word about your business, is the way to go. You, um, you know, The more people you've got talking about you, the um, more word of mouth you, you get, the more people will come to you and the less money you have to spend on marketing and the less effort. But it's a lot of effort to get people there in the first place, and it's a lot of effort to get them to come back. You need to make sure that every interaction they have in the store is a wow so it's hard yards and and create a selling and marketing strategy that um, really knocks people's socks off it doesn't just happen it's hard work and when you think about it the most 
important element of any business is marketing to get people in the door and then sales to generate income from that. And without income, you have no business. So marketing and sales is much more important than any element of your business. You have the world's best product, but you know sales, you ain't got nothing. And um, I think one problem is that most small business owners fail to realize that um, the difficulty involved in successful marketing you know, they don't realise how much work it's going to take and how much thought it's going to take to get your message out there. And uh, too many businesses think that if they've got a business, then people will just come. Believe me, absolutely nothing could be further from the truth. Um, but the key is repeat customers. Uh, Harvard Business School says that if you aren't getting 74% of all your business from either repeat customers or word of mouth, you will fail. It's only a matter of time. So focus on once you get people into your store or into your business, wow them. They need to go. Every time they leave your premises, they need to go, wow, that was great. I learnt something or they treated me spectacularly or something to get them coming back. Enroll them in. You know, if you've got a computer store, have a, a, a free computer class or whatever once a week Just and give it to your customers for free. Just something to get people to talk to their friends about your business. That's going to be the only email that I have time to um, look at today. I had three in my uh, in my list here to go through but um, thank you very much Mike I really appreciate it I'll send you a copy of Marketing Magic which is a book I wrote a few years ago with Brian Tracy Jay Conrad Levinson Robert Bly and a few others and it was um, a great success for us and I'm sure you'll really enjoy it and um, we'll get that off to you tomorrow um If you're a regular listener to the show and are benefiting from the advice that my guests and I give you each week, please tell your friends to listen. See, word of mouth. Go to my website at bobpritchard.com. That's B-O-B-P-R-I-T-C-H-A-R-D.com and subscribe to my monthly newsletter, which will be out in about two weeks. Send in your questions. Email me at bob at bobpritchard.com. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. Don't forget to link up with me on LinkedIn. I use LinkedIn all the time. It is fantastic. And if you've got a particular guest you'd like me to interview, a particular topic you'd like me to address, please just drop me an email. We hope that you have a fantastic New Year's Eve and a great New Year, and we look forward to your company next year. This is Bob Pritchard, and if you're serious about being successful, this is the place to come every week at the same time. Bob Pritchard, hope you have a wonderful new year and a fantastic week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.